Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Wonder. That's the name of our series. Wonder. We've been in our, this is our third week. We're going to end on Christmas Eve, and we are having a Christmas Eve service on Christmas Eve. So we encourage you to be here at 4 o'clock, invite your friends, because I know some churches aren't, and, and that's fine, but we are. So I want, I'd love to see this place, there's no seats. I'd like to be people sitting in the lobby, okay? Can we make that happen? Can Invite your friends, invite your neighbors, let's make it happen. Wonder. That's our series. What is Wonder. If you look it up in the dictionary, it's a feeling of excitement caused by something beautiful, something unexpected. And I was just having fun with this whole idea of wonder, and I was looking it up on the internet and just to kind of get an idea of, you know, what is wonder. And all of a sudden, it pops up the wonders of the world. If you look on the internet, you can see the different wonders of the world. And there are interesting lists. In recent history, some of the wonders that would be included would be the Channel Tunnel that's the underwater connecting between England and France, the underwater tunnel connecting those two countries. The Empire State Building, built in 1931, and yet it remained the tallest building until 1970, almost four decades. That's crazy. The Panama Canal connecting the Atlantic Ocean and the Pacific Ocean together. Started building in 1880, took 34 years to complete that building. And that, 34 years, some of you aren't even 34 years old, it's more than your lifetime. Wonder, some amazing things. You keep on looking up natural wonders of the world include the Grand Canyon, the Great Barrier Reef, the Mount Everest, Victoria Falls. If you've ever seen any of those things, you know, you walk up to the Grand Canyon, you look on the edge and you go, wow, it's majestic, it's amazing. It's something spectacular, unexpected. The ancient wonders of the world include the Great Pyramid of Giza, the Great Wall of China in the 7th century B.C., it started being built, I think it went for 2,000 years. The Colosseum in Rome, wonder. It's something that is magnificent that requires an extraordinary feat. I'm going to say it again. Wonder is something that is magnificent that requires an extraordinary feat. It's interesting as you look up the different wonders in the world, if you look at them up on the internet, the one name that continues to be missing from any of the list is Jesus. You see all these other wonders, and you'll see all the things, the natural wonders. That, but then the one thing that seems to be missing is Jesus, even though he was the man who literally changed the world. A man of miracles who healed the sick, fed the multitudes, walked on water, raised the dead, turned water into wine, calmed the seas. But without question, the greatest miracle that Jesus ever did for each and every one of us is the plan of redemption for all mankind. When he came from heaven to earth to die on a cross for our sins to set us free and give us the opportunity for forgiveness, wonder, a spectacular event that was kind of unexpected, but it was beautiful. The apostle Peter declared this magnificent truth to the Sanhedrins when he was speaking to them in Acts chapter 4. He said, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven which was, which was we which by we must be saved. Jesus is the greatest ancient wonder. He's the greatest present wonder. And he's the greatest supernatural wonder. 
That's what this series is all about. It's to rekindle the wonder in our spirit. As we celebrate Christmas this next week, Christmas Eve coming in on Saturday, Christmas on Sunday, let's experience the wonder of God in our families and with our friends. This series is to regain that wonder. And over the past two weeks, we looked at prophecies from the book of Micah and the the book of Jeremiah. Micah's prophecy of Jesus, the story of the good shepherd being born into Bethlehem. A shepherd who would lead his sheep, a shepherd who would lead his flock, a shepherd who is, the, the Bible says that Jesus is the great shepherd. He leads us, he guides us. Jeremiah's prophecy of Jesus is the story of the righteous branch being raised up so that in him we might be the righteousness of God. Not in anything that we can do through our own strength. It doesn't work that way. Guess what? It's only through faith in Jesus Christ that all of a sudden we can receive the righteousness of God in our own life. Not because of anything that we have done good, but because of what God has done for our lives. Today we're going to look in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet who recorded probably the most prophecies about the Messiah. And I want to begin today... By looking, by starting with one verse, Isaiah chapter 7. And if you have your Bibles here today, if you're watching this online, you have your Bibles or you have your devices, I encourage you just to go to Isaiah chapter 7. That's where we're going to camp. That's where we're going to be. And we're going to unpack some things here, but we're going to start with one scripture. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Many of you probably have heard this scripture. We're going to read it from the NLT today. All right then. The Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Lord, thank you for your word. I pray, God, that this word will come alive to our our hearts, to our spirits, to our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. Many of us probably have heard this scripture. You heard, hear it around Christmas time. You've heard it quoted. We, you might read this scripture. We had, you know, but I don't know that many have discovered the story behind the scripture. And I want us to take a look at what's happening within this story. Because most of the translations in the scripture, if you opened up your Bible, if you don't have the NLT opened up, if you have the NIV or the ESV or any of the, most of the other translations, you'll see the word starting the scripture off is, therefore. Therefore is a connector to something else that has happened before. Therefore. Another way you might say it, therefore, is how the NLT translates it. The the beginning of the verse is, all right then. Is that scripture still up? Let's bring that scripture up for just a minute. Let's leave it up. It says, all right then. Some scripture, some of the translations, therefore. This was all right then. You've probably heard this phrase used when there's a disagreement happening and all of a sudden there's a disagreement with two people then. And I'll say, oh, all right then, or all righty then, okay, okay. You know, and you start, you've heard it that way before. Or maybe you've heard it in such a way where there's an argument and, and, and all of a sudden you're just kind of done. And, and you say, all right then, and I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it my own way. All right then, Therefore. It can be used kind of a way as a fr- in frustration where two people... Don't agree. That's the definition I want to focus on today because I think that's what the definition is here in this passage of Scripture that is happening with God being the person who is saying, 
all right then, I'll do it myself. I want to, this is pretty exciting. I'm just telling you right now, this is going to come alive to you. Let's, let me share some background information. Isaiah is the prophet of God who wrote around 700 B.C., meaning that he wrote 700 years before the birth of Christ. The book contains incredible insights about the Messiah, Jesus. Like many of the prophetic books in the Bible, it's written for the purpose of calling God's people back to repentance, calling God's people back to obedience because they've strayed off, they're serving other gods, they're not focusing on the one true God, and God is calling his people back through these prophets that are speaking these words. They don't have the Bible right in front of them like, they, like we do today. We have the Old Testament, we have the New Testament, we have the, they all of a sudden, God is using the prophetic. This is the Bible being written. We're all of a sudden Isaiah, Jeremiah, Micah, these are people that are giving prophecies of God's word. Isaiah specifically writing to the kingdom of Judah. Now at this time, you need to remember that Israel is divided into two kingdoms. I've shared about this before. I'm giving a little history today because you know what? It's good to learn about what you believe. Israel is divided into two kingdoms. The southern kingdom is the southern kingdom of Judah, and the northern kingdom is, is the kingdom of Israel. So it's been divided into two kingdoms. It was that way for probably a couple hundred years. It wouldn't be very different from what we experienced in the United States when all of a sudden we went through the Civil War, where we were divided between the north and the south, and there was a fight, and there was, a, there was a, things going on. Guess what? Israel is divided into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. King Uzziah was the king of Judah, the southern kingdom, and had died, and now his son, grandson, Ahaz, has become the king of Judah. About 20 years old, all of a sudden he's king. With this information, I want to start reading this passage of Scripture, start, starting in verses 1 and 2 of Isaiah chapter 7. Listen to these words, follow along with me. When Ahaz, son of Jotham, and the grandson of Uzziah, was king of Judah, king Rezan of Syria, and Pekah, son of Remaliah, the king of Israel, set out to attack Jerusalem. However, they were unable to carry out their plan. The news had come to the royal court of Judah. Syria is, an ally, is allied with Israel against us. So the hearts, and I want you to catch this. So the hearts of the king and his people trembled with fear like trees shaking in a storm. And I want to put a map on the screen because I just want you to understand, kind of get, catch the visual of this. And hopefully you can see this. But Judah is in the bottom part of that map. And you can see Jerusalem is the capital of Judah. And then above that is Israel and Samaria is the capital of Israel. So what, what you need to understand in this part of the story is that Israel and Syria, the upper kingdom, Syria and Israel have all of a sudden come together and their, their plan is to come down and to wipe out Judah, to wipe out the Jerusalem, which is the capital of Judah. This is the story that's taken place. Everybody following along? For whatever reason, we don't know why, but for whatever reason, the plan of attack was delayed. But the news of the plan to attack came to the royal court of Judah. All of a sudden, they find out this plan. 
King Ahaz, he finds out that there is a plan that Israel and Syria are connecting together. They didn't understand that before. They didn't realize, realize that they had become allies. And all of a sudden, they've come together. They're planning to come to Judah. They're planning to attack us. They're planning to wipe us off in the face of the earth. And all of a sudden, King Ahaz and all the people of Judah all of a sudden are trembling in fear. Fear had gripped them. Have you ever had fear grip you? Where you're in a situation where you don't believe you can win? Where it just seems like you're facing certain defeat and you don't have any hope and all of a sudden fear grips you? This is where they're living. This is where the kingdom of Judah stands at this point. Look what happens next. We're going to start reading at verse 3. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Take your son Shear Jashub and go out to meet King Ahaz. You will find him, I love this part, God knows exactly where you are at. This is just scary. You will find him at the end of the aqueduct that feeds the water into the upper pool, near the road leading to the field where the cloth is washed. Tell him to stop worrying. Tell him to stop worrying. Tell him he doesn't need to fear the fierce anger of those two burned out embers. I love how the Lord speaks. King Reason and Syria, Pekka, son of Ramon. Are you really going to fear these guys, these two burned out embers? Yes, the kings of Syria and Israel are plotting against him, saying, we will attack Judah and capture it for ourselves. Then we will install the son of Tabeel as Judah's king. But this is what the sovereign Lord says. This invasion will never happen. It will never take place. And then skipping down to verse the second half of verse 9. And this is something I want you to grab a hold and I want you to put it in your heart. Unless your faith is firm, I cannot make you stand firm. To summarize what's happening, the king is living in fear of Israel and Syria. He's living in fear. The people of Judah are living in fear. The Lord, Yahweh, and something for you guys to do when you're reading your Bible... I know that you all read every single day for about an hour each day, which is great. I know it's, but hopefully you're reading a little bit. When you're reading your Bible in the Old Testament and you see the Lord, and it's all capitalized, L-O-R-D, it's all capitalized, that means that it's the word that's being used there is Yahweh, the great I am, Yahweh. So the Lord, Yahweh, sends Isaiah, God's prophet, to go and tell King Ahaz that there is no, near, no need to fear. The kings that, that want to attack you are washed up. God refers them to two burnt-out embers. Have you ever been out camping before? And you have a campfire going? And you have those nice hot coals. And man, those are the best ones to you know, roast the the hot dogs and the marshmallows over and it's just but then as the coals continue to die down as they continue to drop all of a sudden those coals start to turn black and dark and and there's maybe just a little little bit of light it's hardly enough there to even start another fire with it just almost this is what the lord is saying this is what the king of syria this is what the king of israel are like they are like burned up they don't have any more power so why are you fearing them they're burned up their time is gone all that you are fearing are their threats. It's like a bully who is all talk and he sounds so ferocious, but he has little power to back up his words. How many times are we consumed with words? 
where all of a sudden fear just grips us because of words. Or maybe there, it's even an event. Maybe it's something that, that's happening against us and all of a sudden it grips our lives and all of a sudden it holds us captive and we, it's a difficulty. And the Lord says, you know what? Don't worry about the difficulty. Don't worry about the word being spoken. Put your faith and trust in me. Stop doubting. I'm going to give you a word here today. I don't have a whole lot of points. In fact, I don't have any points today, so hopefully you'll figure it out. You can talk to me afterwards. But this is something you can write down. I didn't put it on the screen, so you're going to have to write it down. But it might be a word for some of you today. We can't allow the enemy to control us when God is calling us to trust him. You can't allow the enemy to control your thoughts, to control your mind, to control everything about your life when God is calling you to put your trust in him. You have to make a decision, am I going to go ahead and be controlled by the enemy, put my faith in those things, or or am I going to make a choice, I'm going to step out in faith and put my faith in God and I'm going to follow God. What are you going to do? The Lord sends Isaiah to take a message to King Ahaz. This invasion will never happen. It will never take place. Stop playing those negative words in your mind over and over and over again. Stop having so much fear that these two burned up embers are going to come and destroy your country. Stop worrying about that and put your faith in me. Kill the story. It's fake news. But listen to the last line that the Lord tells King Ahaz. Unless your faith is firm, I cannot make you stand firm. Meaning without faith, you will not stand. And the Bible makes this clear in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It is impossible to please God without faith. We must have faith that God will bring us through the difficult times. God gave Ahaz a promise, but Ahaz didn't have the faith to believe in the promise. What promise has God given you that you need to start believing? What promise, maybe it's set when you were in your child or as a teenager or as an adult or maybe it was yesterday. And God has given you a promise. You're just struggling with believing it. And God is asking you to step out in faith and start believing the word of the Lord. Start putting your trust in him. We must have faith that God will bring us through the difficult times. God gave Ahaz a a promise, but Ahaz didn't have the faith to believe it. God kept his promise. Syria and Israel did not destroy Judah. It doesn't mean they didn't have battles. It doesn't mean that they didn't have some difficulties. In fact, one battle, they lost over 120,000 soldiers. So they had a real battle. But God kept his promise. Guess what? Syria, Israel, they did not destroy Judah. They did not destroy Jerusalem. They eventually were captured by Babylon, but it wasn't Israel and it wasn't Syria. But we'll keep on going. In fact, let's keep on going by reading some more of the story, the rest of the story, starting at verse 10. Later, the Lord sent this message to King Ahaz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign of confirmation, Ahaz. Ask me for a sign. Make it as difficult as you want. As high as the heaven or as deep as the place of the dead. But the king, and catch this, the king refused. No, he said, I will not test the Lord like that. Then Isaiah said, listen well, you royal family of David. Isn't isn't it enough to exhaust human patience? But must you exhaust the patience of my God as well? And I want to, here's a verse I want to read that I read earlier. 
All right then. This is the Lord. All right then. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The prophet comes to King Ahaz and gives him a word from Yahweh, God. Okay, your faith is struggling, Ahaz. Ahaz, I get that. I get that your faith is struggling. But here, here's a scenario. Ask me anything. Test me. Go ahead. Just ask me for anything. And I, ask me for a sign. It can be as high as the heaven or as, as low as hell is basically what God is saying. Whatever the sign is, ask me up for it. Make it difficult if you want. And Ahaz refused. What's taking place in the story? Because you can read this and go like, what? what's going on, Pastor Tom? But first thing I, I want to point out, it's a really important notice to how Ahaz refused. No, I will not test the Lord like that. That's what Ahaz says. No, I will not read it. No, I will not test the Lord like that. Ahaz's response sounds spiritual, doesn't it? It kind of sounds honorable. I will not test the Lord like that. In fact, it reminds me of what Jesus said when he was being tempted by the devil out in the wilderness for 40 days. And all of a sudden he's being, turned, he's being tested. He says, turn these, breads into, these stones into bread. Go ahead and turn these stones into bread. And, and Jesus responds with these words. It is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to a test. I mean, it seems like King Ahaz is responding honorable and spiritually in, this, in these words. But there's a huge difference between these two stories. In Jesus' story, it was the devil, the enemy, asking Jesus to give him a sign. The devil was asking Jesus to give And if Jesus would have responded to the devil, it would have been in direct disobedience to God. We don't respond to the request of the enemy. We don't respond to the devil's request. There's no reason... When the devil all of a sudden wants you to respond, you don't need to respond. You don't need to give him an answer. You don't even need to walk through his door. What I would do if the devil wanted something from me, guess what? I would do the same thing that Joseph did when he ran from the world. I'd just walk the other way and say, ah, see you later, dude. We don't need to respond. There's no reason to. Jesus responded with the word of God. That's the way if you're going to respond, you give the word of God right back. In Ahaz's situation, it was Yahweh, very different story. It was Yahweh, God, asking Ahaz to ask for a sign. It was never an act of testing God. This was an act of obeying God. And Ahaz refused and disobeyed God. In life, there are times where God will challenge us. There are times where God will give us opportunity to step out in faith and believe him. And it's what we are willing to do with those opportunities that will direct the course of our future. There are times where all of a sudden the word of the Lord will be spoken. I'm, this is a deep message for right before Christmas. I know. Ask God why, but this is just where it's landing on me. There is times where God will all of a sudden give us a promise, and there's times where we just need to step out in faith and say, and God is really in certain ways, he says, I'll give you a sign. Just have faith and believe. Ahaz refused, and Ahaz would go down in history as the wicked king who refused to obey God. When reading this portion of Scripture, it's hard to know how or why Ahaz refused to take 
got up on his offer. Why would Ahaz refuse that? Hey, just ask me. Ask me for any sign. I'll give it to you. But you know, every day people refuse to take God up on his offer. You know, we think we read the story and go, seriously? But every day people refuse to take God up on his offer. They refuse to believe in the grace and the love of God. They refuse to step out in faith and obey what God is telling them to do. What's amazing in this story is that we find out in 2 Kings, and you, you, have, you can read 2 Kings, you can read 2 Chronicles, you can hear more about this story. But, and I don't have time to read it today, but 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 16, verses 7 through 9, you will find out that King Ahaz seeks out the Assyrian king. This is not the king of Assyria, it's two different kingdoms. He seeks out the Assyrian king and makes an alliance with the Assyrians. Where's this going, Pastor Tom? Just follow me. He asked the Assyrian king to rescue him from Israel and Syria. Instead of putting his trust in God, he goes to the Assyrian king and says, Hey, guess what? Syria and Israel are coming against me. Will you, will you come in alliance with me and stand with me? Stand with me so that I won't be destroyed? He didn't have the faith to believe in the word of the Lord, but he had the faith to believe in a wicked king from Assyria. He even took it further than that. He took the silver and the gold that belonged to the temple of the Lord. Read it for yourself in 2 Kings chapter 16. And he gave it to the Assyrian king to buy protection for Judah. He took out of what rightfully belonged to God. And he said, I'm going to take this treasury and I'm going to give it to this Assyrian king for protection. We do it all the time. We put, our faith, I'm not, we put our faith in the things that God doesn't want to put. Not that we shouldn't have all, but why would we ever take what is God and give it to something that is wicked? Because he had more faith in what was wicked. We should never take what rightly belongs to God, thinking that we can buy protection through that. And then G, you know, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. One day this world will be gone, and trusting this world, guess what, will only bring disappointment. Remember that the salvation of the Lord is what will last forever. The salvation of the Lord is what will last forever. Back to the story. Eventually this king that he put his trust in, this Assyrian king, that he takes and he robs the temple and gives this money to the Assyrian king for protection. Guess what happens? The Assyrian king eventually turns on to Judah and they start destroying the different towns around Judah. They start becoming a, a huge thorn in their flesh and eventually because of the disobedience of King Ahaz guess what the Babylonian empire ends up taking over Judah destroying the, the the capital of Jerusalem all because of disobedience and it brings me to remembrance the words that God spoke to Ahaz in verse 9 I'm calling this have you ever had someone that takes this big long circle around to tell the story that's me today it's actually God's word so don't blame me it brings to remembrance the words that God spoke to Ahaz in verse 9. Unless your faith is firm, I cannot make you stand firm. God will help us stand firm, but we must be willing to put our faith in him. The story doesn't end here. Thank goodness. I don't want you to ever forget verse 14. The main scripture for today's message and it is with, under, it's with understanding of the unfaithfulness and the disobedience of King Ahaz and the kingdoms of Judah and even the kingdom of Israel that God himself gives a sign. Amen. 
And I, want, I share all this background information because I want you to read, when you read this passage of Scripture, Isaiah 7, 14, I want it to come just a little bit more alive to you this Christmas season. I want it to be the wonder. All right then, speaking to King Ahaz, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. This screams, this shouts the faithfulness of God. Even when we are unfaithful, even when we are disobedient, God said, all righty then, I'll do it myself. Okay, you can't, okay, I'll do it. I'll send my son from heaven to earth. I'll fulfill what I need to do because I love you. Jesus is the sign of God's promise that he is with us. God has made himself known to us through his own son, Jesus. And not only that, but he's given us the very power of his spirit, the Holy Spirit. Jesus, the redeemer of the world, Emmanuel, God is with us. It reminded me of the words of the Apostle Paul when Paul spoke these words, if God is for us, then who can be against us? I wish King Ahaz would have heard Paul's words. If God is for us, who can be against us? See, some of you need to grab a hold of that word and apply it into your life this Christmas season. You might be going through difficulties. You might be going through struggles. You might have had words spoken over you that are negative and aren't, aren't pleasant. And I would say the Lord is, might be speaking to you today. You know what? You don't need to believe in those words. You don't need to believe in those difficulties. What you really need to believe is in me. Because if I am for you, King Ahaz, if I am, test me, just try me. If I am for you, who could ever be against you? We don't have to fear the enemy because God is in control. And he is with us every step of the way if we are willing to believe. As God's word declares, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. That is the wonder of Christmas. That is the miracle of Christmas. Is Jesus himself, Emmanuel, coming from heaven to earth to be with us. Even when we fail, God doesn't. Even when we disappoint, God doesn't. He is there for us if we only are willing to step out and believe. Are you willing to believe today? Are you willing to believe in the word of the Lord? Are you willing to believe in the promise that God gave you? Are you willing to step out in faith and say, yeah, Lord, today, guess what? I believe in you. Maybe for today, today is the day of your salvation. Maybe for today, today is the miracle of your healing. Maybe for your day is the day of restoration in your family or in your friends. All you have to do is take a hold of that word and believe. If you if you're, if you're agree with me today, will you stand with me today? It's a quiet audience here today. I see a couple of hands back there, but thank you. See, I, I want us to believe in a greater way than ever before. I want us to have a great Christmas. I want the wonder of Christmas to be restored in our lives. The wonder of Christ. That He is a miracle worker in our life. That we don't have to fear, but we can walk in faith. We don't have to be, have unbelief, but we can put our trust in Jesus. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Your word is powerful, it's effective, it changes lives. It touches us from the inside out. 
And I pray, God, that today we will not be like King Ahaz, where all of a sudden we receive a word and yet we don't have the faith to believe in that word. I pray for some today, Lord God, that are receiving a word that they would have the faith to step out and trust in you, in you alone. Maybe you're here today and you just need, you're watching us online, you're here in the audience and you just need to take a step of faith to put your trust in Jesus and choose to follow him today. If that's you today, just raise your hand real high. Eyes closed. I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? If you're watching us online, take the step of faith. Put your trust in Him. Let's say this prayer together. And when we say this prayer, prayer let's believe it. Let's all say it together. Lord Jesus, today I put my faith in You put my trust in you I choose to follow you no matter what takes place in the good in the bad I put my faith in you forgive me my sins set me free from myself give me the power of your spirit I ask it in Jesus name and everyone said Thank you for being here today. We love you. We appreciate you. I love you. I appreciate you. Most importantly, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.